0: Welcome back to another market update brought to you by the team from mikado.com.au. Today it will be myself, Andrew Whitelaw, talking about grains, a little bit about coronavirus, and Matt Dalgleish will be talking about livestock and wool. The purpose of these podcasts is to summarize what has been happening in the market in the recent couple of days with a bit of a focus on how things are driving the Australian market. So I'm going to start off with grains and first and foremost the most important part is we've got widespread rains throughout much of the east coast a lot of them in, in areas where they've seen no rain pretty much for about two years so it's very welcome and it's really setting things up for the coming season it's also set things up a bit for uh, potentially for a number of people to throw in a quick summer crop which is which is very good very promising but everyone's pretty happy about that that rainfall, and uh, you know it's fantastic. We will start to see a, a bit more positivity, and it's a bit more surety for the coming crop. But looking at markets, it's been a really interesting uh, couple of weeks. And largely, the market's been seeing a bit of a sell-off, which is basically a lot of uh, speculators pulling out of the markets that have any risk in them, and that's because of the coronavirus. The reality is that there's been no big change in demand, the coronavirus hasn't killed millions of people. So there's no real drop in demand. It's just a lot of speculators pulling out of uh, risky commodities and risky investments and put them into a bit more uh, safer uh, marketplaces. Uh, we've also, part of that fall has been attributed you know, to Russia. Russia, you know, was a bit of concerns back in December that You know, they weren't going to produce a good crop. They didn't have enough snow cover. It was too hot. It was too dry. And frankly, it's a story we've heard probably every December in the last five. And now the forecasts are for them to produce around about a 79 million ton crop, which probably puts up there, you know, at least in the top five, if not the top three uh, crops in recent years. Uh, Locally here, prices have come back a bit bit of uh grower selling has pulled things back uh, but also again that rainfall you know it puts a bit of positivity even in the buyers and a bit more uh, you know belief that prices might come down so buyers are stepping back a bit growers are starting to sell and we're probably seeing that probably less in the old crop and more in the new crop coming and today for instance we can see the asx for january 2021 so next harvest is trading about five dollars lower than it was uh, yesterday, around about $335 a ton. The reality is though, that's actually a pretty good price historically speaking. So really we've had a few issues around the place, things are still positive, prices are still relatively good, not as high as they were a couple of weeks ago, We're, we're a little bit off the highs, but you know Anyone who has grain, especially in Victoria, will be doing pretty well with decent yields and uh, decent prices. I think the main thing now is to start looking towards the future. Uh, there are some pretty good uh, prices out there in futures contracts for next year, which you know, offer up a pretty good uh, you know, starting points for next year's uh, marketing period. I'm going to pass you off to Matt, who's going to cover off on livestock and wool. Yeah, thanks for that, Andrew. We'll jump straight into cattle markets. This week we saw a continued
1: rain event, particularly through Queensland and moving into northern New South Wales, which is great. Uh, That's seen the ECI continue to to jump and, in fact, uh, if you look back over the month, we've seen now over a 100% increase for the ECI, which is the biggest uh, monthly increase we can see going back uh, quite a few years and such that we're getting up to levels now that we haven't seen since uh, 2017 when we were in the last um, rebuild cycle for the cattle market. Um, A couple of weeks back we did take a look at Uh, restocker activity and um, at that stage it wasn't really showing the data wasn't showing that um, restockers were fully engaged in the market but certainly uh, by the look of uh, movements this week we might uh, be seeing some restockers starting to step back in Uh, we'll continue to look at that data and um, as it's released that gives us uh, the chance to separate our buyer groups uh, between processors, feedlotters and restockers we'll be able to see whether indeed uh, some of these most recent movements this week for cattle markets are actually uh, being driven by restocker activity. So Keep an eye on Mercado for that. Uh, with regards to sheep markets, um, I guess the rain has also had an impact. Uh, we've seen some fairly strong moves again for both uh, lamb, Eastern States trade lamb and uh, national mutton. Um, the story with sheep and lamb, though, is a bit of story about the, the rain, of course, but it's also about tight supply, uh, both for yardings and for slaughter. We've seen uh, over the last couple of weeks, towards the end of February, we saw significant declines in throughput for uh the combined lamb and mutton markets across the East Coast and also uh, slaughters dropping away. Uh, it's in, Indeed, slaughter is down at the bottom levels of what you'd expect uh, on, as a range for this time of year, um, so you know, below average, uh, and that's a, you know, a, a real signal to show that... Um, this tight season we're expecting for uh, sheepers continue uh, continue to have an impact and that's flowing through to price levels and if you look at the national mutton indicator this week we're just short, 1 cent short of uh, $6 we, we closed uh, and the really interesting thing is if you contrast back to last year um, the mutton indicator is only 34 cents below where trade land was trading this time last year so it's really been a good start to the year for mutton uh, in sheep markets and uh, by the nature of, uh, like I said, that tight supply and the fact that if we keep getting this we're going to see an incentive to, um, to get back in and build the flock as well, uh, you'll see some of those breeding ewes um, being chased and that's part of the reason why I think the mutton prices are so high. Um, The wool market, just quickly, uh, we saw a bounce in the wool market, which a couple of players that we speak to in the wool space were a bit surprised by that. It looked like it was European buyers that really led the strong prices there. Um, There were still some concerns around this um, ongoing coronavirus issue in China and that the last few weeks have been um, weighing on the wool market, but this week we saw a bit of a turnaround, uh, like I said, led by um, more European buyers than uh, the traditional Chinese buyers. But, look, anyway, where uh, you get some market stability and uh, earning increase in prices a good, good thing for producers. Um, so hopefully that's put a bit of a floor under the wool market uh, going forward from here. But it'll very much depend on what um, happens uh, in the next few weeks with this corona situation over there and how that might be playing out into um, GDP and demand out of China. Um, that's it for me and I'll pass
0: back to you, Andrew. Thanks, Matt, for the update. hope you all have a good weekend. If you get a chance, leave a like, leave a review on iTunes, share this with your friends and family. The more people listening to it, the better. We don't charge you anything for it, so a big favor for us would be to do that for us. Uh, thanks very much. Again, have a safe weekend. Bye-bye. <clears throat>